Hi, I'm Dee Wallace, and I'm the next guest on On Screen and Beyond. You can find me at IamDeeWallace.com. On Screen and Beyond, an inside look into the entertainment world featuring interviews with people from the movie, TV, and music industry, news on upcoming TV and DVD releases, and the rumor mill. And now, here's the host of On Screen and Beyond, Brian Zemrak. Welcome to On Screen and Beyond, your weekly look at what's coming your way as far as movies, remakes, sequels, and TV and movie DVD releases, as well as our interview segment with a guest from the movie, TV, or music industry. I'm your host, Brian Zumrak, and this is episode 174 of On Screen and Beyond. This week, Dee Wallace is going to be joining us, and Dee's going to be talking about uh, her new book and her movies, and of course, E.T., and The Howling, and of course, Who Could Forget Her in Cujo, and so many other TV shows and movies. That's going to be a great uh, interview with Dee Wallace. It's coming up in just a few minutes right here on On Screen and Beyond. Hope you'll stick around for that. And if you're on Facebook, like us. And if you go to onscreenandbeyond.com, just scroll down to the bottom. You'll see a link that'll get you right there. And if you're on iTunes, just uh, leave a review for us and uh, get the word out to everybody about On Screen and Beyond. And why don't we get right into it? This week, we're going to be looking at what's coming your way in August in theaters and on DVD. And it's coming up next right here, starting off with Remake Madness in August on On Screen and Beyond. Please hang up and try again. Remakes coming your way in August. It looks like on August 1st, you can check out Rise of the Planet of the Apes as it retells the stories of the apes, which originally started with Charlton Heston. This time, it stars James Franco. And let's see, August 19th, Fright Night gets a remake as it arrives in theaters, and uh, we'll see how that one turns out. Also on August 19th, Conan the Barbarian without Arnold Schwarzenegger this time. It's going to be slashing its way into theaters, as I said, on August 19th. That's it for Remake Madness in August. Coming up next, upcoming movies. And some movies coming your way in August in uh, theaters. It looks like Ryan Reynolds and Jason Bateman switch bodies in The Change-Up on August 5th. Emma Stone stars in The Help. It's about a southern girl in the 60s who wants to become a writer and decides to interview a black woman who took care of prominent southern families. And Katie Holmes will star in Don't Be Afraid of the Dark on August 26th. That's it for upcoming movies in August in theaters. Next on On Screen and Beyond... What's coming away as far as sequels in theaters? It's next, right here on On Screen and Beyond. Sequel City, well, sequels coming away in August, not too many. Uh, August 12th, you can look for Final Destination 5 as it arrives and it continues uh, Death's Plan with Emma Bell this time. And it looks like uh, Spy Kids 4, All the Time in the World with Jessica Alba and Joel McHale takes uh, over the franchise this time. And that's it for sequels in August. Next on On Screen and Beyond, we can take a look at what's coming away as far as TV on DVD. This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. 
Ethics is the Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX is the Veil, now streaming only on Hulu. TV on DVD coming in August. August 2nd, you can look for Everwood, Season 4, Hell's Kitchen, Season 5, McMillan and Wife, Season 6, and Storm Chasers, Season 3. And on August 8th, Hey Arnold, Season 1 comes your way, along with Webster, Season 3. And on August 16th, you can look for Dexter, Season 5, and Spin City, Season 5. August 23rd, Angry Beavers, Season 1 and 2. And Brothers and Sisters, Season 5, The Event, The Complete Series, Prime Suspect, the original, Series 1 and 2. And on August 30th, look for 90210, Season 3, Cagney and Lacey, Together Again, Cougar Town, Season 2, Desperate Housewives, Season 7, Detroit 187, Season 1, and House, Season 7, Parenthood, Season 2, and Sons of Anarchy, Season 3. That's it for TV on DVD coming your way in August. Well, next we're going to take a peek at what's coming away as far as movies in August on DVD. Right here on On Screen and Beyond. Movies on DVD coming your way in August. Well, it looks like Real the Animated Hit arrives on Blu-ray and DVD on August 2nd. August 9th, Tactical 4th with Steve Austin arrives, and Mars Needs Moms lands on August 9th also, along with Rain Wilson in Super. And on, uh, let's see, August 16th, Hoodwink 2, Hood vs. Evil comes your way, and Roadkill, and it's about a bloodthirsty bird of prey, lands on DVD on August 30th. That's it for Movies on DVD in August. Next on On Screen and Beyond, we take a little time to chat with Dee Wallace. It's next, right here on On Screen and Beyond. My guest today on On Screen and Beyond has starred in movies including E.T., Cujo, The Howling, and The Frighteners, and she has guest starred in TV shows including The Streets of San Francisco, Starsky and Hutch, Chips, Taxi, L.A. Law, Ally McBeal, and many, many more. She also is an author, and her latest book is called Bright Light, Spiritual Lessons from a Life in Acting. It's Dee Wallace. Dee, it's so nice to have you on On Screen and Beyond. It's so nice to be here. Thanks for having me. Dee, going over your list of films and TV shows and everything, and, and your, your book writing and everything else, how do you have time for everything that you do? <laughs> <laughs> I get that question a lot. You know, um, I, I think the more you're just in joy of doing what you do mm-hmm. and loving what you do, uh, it, it isn't work. It isn't stressful. And that in itself opens up a lot more time for you. It, it literally creates time expansion. If, if you, you know, and I, I have a real focus on staying balanced. So no matter how much I'm doing, it's a priority of mine to keep my life balanced also. Yeah, you're fortunate to, to do what, what you love doing. That's, that's really good. Yes, it is good, and it is a choice. I mean, all of us are always a choice. 
about whether we choose to love what we're doing. And we might as well, because uh, if we choose not to love what we're doing, we're just kind of quiet desperation and anxiety and unhappiness, right? Right, yeah. Yeah. And now, of course, we'd like to talk about your movies and, and all your acting and everything, but I, I want to get into the book first. Um, Bright Light, what made you decide to write your book? Well, you know, I wrote Bright Light because I'd lost mine. <laughs> I had lost my light. I mean, you can't really ever lose your light, but I had... Um, lost it as far as knowing that I could consciously use it and create my life with it. I had become one of those people who were unhappy and felt like a victim and felt like I had no control over my life and really just kind of hit the floor one night and said, you know, I I want my life back. I want a way we can heal ourselves. And that was the beginning of a lot of information coming into me that created me becoming happier and more fulfilled and taking my power back, which I think is certainly something we all are wanting these days, is to be, be the, the powerful um, magnificence that we were meant to be. And, um, you know, once you lose it and you get it again and you realize how much happier it is on the other side, mm-hmm. you want to share it with people, which is why I wrote the book. And... I thought, what better way than to connect my acting, which is a direct metaphor for really the creative process. And, you know, you can go on Amazon and and read all of the um, reviews on it. They really, people really get it through the stories of my acting career. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I was looking them over, and, 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 I mean, there's so many great comments about the book. Thank you. Yeah. I, I say at the beginning of the book, you know, my it's my story, but this is your story, too. We've all come on, been raped, abandoned, scared, um, humiliated, um, forgotten mm-hmm. sometime in our life, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and we erroneously think that we have to make ourselves smaller because of that, um, because we think our power has been taken away from us instead of going, you know what, if I lost this, I'll just turn around and create it somewhere else or I'll create something new. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what, <laughs> interestingly enough, a lot of the people that we judge are people that are able to do that, and then we go, see, they're just in it for the money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, I mean, you know, Donald Trump, if he... If he loses a million, he goes, okay, well, I'm just going to have to go create it someplace else then. Yeah, start another one. <laughs> but most, most of us stop, you know? Yeah. Most of us um, get fearful. Most of us lose our power, mm-hmm. and then we don't create again. Yeah. And I think that's one of the biggest lessons we're here to learn. Yeah. Now, in your life, I mean, you've had some, some great highs with, with your acting career and everything, uh, but you've also had some tragedy in your personal life. And, and is, is this all part of the book and, and everything that you've written? Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, I go into all the highs and all my great stories of all the great directors that I've worked with. 
and the actors that I've worked with, uh, Peter Jackson and Bo Derek and Dudley Moore and, you know, Blake Edwards and Spielberg, of course. But uh, I also go into um, End the Birth of My Daughter, which is probably the highest high. Right, naturally, yeah. And, um, and uh, you know, my father's uh, alcoholism and suicide and um, the loss of my career for 15 or 20 years and um, my husband's death um, at 55. So, like, again, like all of us, um, we have those very highs and those very lows, and that is a part of the creation and how we react and respond to those um, really defines the creation of our life. Is it difficult to... uh expose yourself uh, so personally, you know, with with all the stories of, of the tragedy in your family and, and all that, those things, uh, you know, one thing it's to talk, one thing to talk about, you know, your, your acting career and things like that, but then when you start getting into more personal things, is that a difficult thing to do? Well, you know, I've had several people comment to me how surprised they were about that, and I have to say quite honestly, no, because in all my healing work, that I do, and I, you know, I do sessions from all over the world every day, and I'm out um, speaking with some amazing people. Right now, I'm on my way to speak with Dolores Cannon, and I know unconditionally that I heal and teach best by using me and using the authentic messages of me about me which is how I learned um, truly all of these healing cornerstones that I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. I'm like the actor. I'm the only instrument I have to play. And so when I use me and, and my fears and my perceptions and my weaknesses and expose them and how I got on top of them and how I championed them and got my power and my light back with them, again, people go, that's me. I get that. I understand that. That's me. And then they're able to take those lessons and empower themselves. And when I mentioned earlier about, um, you know, your acting, all the things you've been in and, you know, everything you're doing, uh, writing the book and everything, uh, you know, and that's basically the, the tip of the iceberg because you also have your seminars, like you mentioned. Um, you you have a DVD out, uh, which is complete one-day workshop, right? Oh, I have, yeah, a lot of product. I do webinars every month on different projects. Everything is at imdwallace.com. I have two uh, global radio shows, free right. call-in shows, yeah. uh, on the air every week. That's and um, <laughs> I'm, I'm um, well into my fourth book. Mm-hmm. So, yes, I'm juggling a lot of stuff and yeah. loving every single minute of it. Yeah. And now, do you still teach acting, too? I do still teach acting on Mondays. I have one master class. I don't have my big studio that I used to. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually shut down the entire thing, and then a lot of my students called and said, please, there's nobody that puts the healing and the acting together. So uh, so I came back to teach a master class, and I'm doing that also, yes. 
Wow. <laughs> I'm talking to you. Dude. Yeah, yeah. Now you're talking to me. <laughs> but the, 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 it's amazing. You know, the, the, the schedule you must have is is just. And, and I know you're doing a lot of interviews, so you, your time is just just uh, you know thin. <laughs> Well, but, you know, that's not the experience I live in. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, right now, I wish you were here because we're looking at the most incredible red rock formations right out of Sedona, Arizona. Mm -hmm. And I get to talk to you and experience this at the same time and share this, this joy of my life with all your listeners on my way to working with the amazing Dolores Cannon and uh, doing a workshop with her and speaking and I mean yeah. how could it get any better I have a beautiful daughter they said I'd never have and a guy who loves me waiting for me at home so I'm rocking dude <laughs> <laughs> well uh, now as far as did you always want to be an actress uh, no, you know, originally I wanted to be a dancer. I, I wanted, from the time I think I was in my mother's belly, I wanted to be creative. Uh, dancing, acting, writing, um, you name it, that's what I wanted to do. But originally I wanted to start out as an actress. I mean, as a, a, dancer. a dancer. And yeah. I was. I was a soloist with the, um, the Kansas City Civic Ballet and a couple of other um, smaller venues. And it was pretty clear that I was going to be a very big fish in a very little pond. Um, and so I turned my sights toward acting, which I had had training uh, in as a child, but, of course, never figured I was going to go into it mm -hmm. for a profession. Yeah, yeah. And, and do you remember what your first acting role was? Yes, my first acting role was Baby Jesus in my mother's religious play at church. Really? <laughs> <laughs> I, through the years, I, I went from Baby Jesus to Mary. Okay? <laughs> I played all the parts. All everything. <laughs> and, you know, I say in bright light, I am, I think, automatically the connection between spirituality and acting was made for me that early. I remember seeing my mother when I was around 8 o'clock, not 8 o'clock, 8 years old, watching her do a half an hour presentation called The Crucifixion, mm -hmm. and people from four states had come to see her, and I remember sitting there and watching all of these grown people crying and being moved, and I went, I want that. Uh, I want to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. And, and and now, <laughs> after, you know... And now I have. Oh, yeah. 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 Lucky for us. But you see, I claimed it at eight years old. I said, I want that. Yeah. And I think that's a big part of the creation process. We're told not to say what we want. We're told not to come forward and go, I am going to do this. And yeah. if you don't claim it, guys, if you don't have the power behind your commitment... The universe can't show up for you. Mm -hmm. After you got into acting, and, and, and of, of, of course, I mean, you seem to have jumped right into getting parts. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, I I got started really quickly, and I it's a great um, it, it's great how I play it out in bright light 
because I talk a lot, a lot about naivete. And I was. It was like, okay, I'll go to New York, $1,000. I can live on that for a year. <laughs> okay, well, I'll go in this coffee shop. Okay, well, I'll go to that party. And I was just led from one thing to the next, to the next, to the next. And within uh, five years, I had never been out of Kansas in my life and starred in the biggest blockbuster of all time oh, yeah. at that moment, yeah. which is unheard of in oh, my yeah. business. It's meteoric, yeah. you know? But I just was so naive that it never occurred to me that I wasn't going to be taken care of and it wasn't going to happen. Of course, the more you get in the business and the more uh, people start telling you what the limitations are, then you start losing your naivete. Then the universe can't create for you quite as easily. And then you consciously have to learn the lessons about why it happened to you in the first place. Mm. Yeah, I think a lot of times if you don't know you can't do it, you do it. But if people tell you, oh, well, you can't do that, then you tend to back off. But if you don't know you can't do it, you can do it. <laughs> well, if you don't know you can't do it, then you know you can. Yeah. <laughs> and and uh, for me, the, the thing that runs the world and is the center of all creation is, as you believe, it's going to be delivered to you, baby. Mm-hmm. So if you believe you can, it's like Henry Ford said, if you believe you can or you believe you can't, you're right. Yep. Yeah, yeah, that's true. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In um, one of the films that you were in in your early part of your career um, was The Hills Have Eyes. And actually, Michael Berryman, who was in the, in the film with you, yes, um, has uh-huh. been, he's been a guest on the show. And, uh, oh, he's amazing, isn't he? Oh, so yeah. intellectual and yeah. such yeah. a dear, dear heart. I love Michael. Yes, very nice, very nice guy. Um, now, that was one of your first horror movies, right? Uh, that was the first. That was well. Stepford Wives was not really horror, but oh well, come on! I had one line. Right, but you were in I it. I had one line, and you couldn't even see me. Come on, <laughs> I don't even count that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the Hills of Eyes. No, you had a major part in that one. I mean, I had a major part in the Hills of Eyes. Yes. Yeah, and uh, and then horror films seem to have been part of a staple of your career over the years. I know. I must be a good screamer. I don't know what to tell you. (laughs) Do you enjoy those films? I mean, besides making them, do you enjoy uh, watching those types of films? I don't enjoy watching horror films so much, no, but I get a real high out of making them. Really? (laughs) Yeah, I do. It's, come on, actors, we want to act. We want to emote. We want to have an art to play and there's no genre that gives you more of that yeah. than the horror film yeah well when you your your acting in Cujo was amazing thank you that I mean the fear in your eyes was was you know everybody felt your fear that's for sure well and isn't that that's the role of an actor mm-hmm. when we when we truly really really feel it 
then the audience has to feel it. And and you guys know the difference. You know when you watch an actor who's acting, yeah. and you know an actor yeah. who's really being mm-hmm. and experiencing it. Yeah. The experience for you is different. Yeah. Was Cujo a difficult movie to make? I mean, I'm sure the dog was a loving dog. but you... <laughs> Dude, Cujo was the hardest thing I've ever done. There were five loving dogs. Really? All trained to go after toys. We were uh, really cold most of the time in the rain. Mm-hmm. I know, aren't we good? We look like we were dying of the heat. Yeah. And, um, you know, emotionally, your body doesn't know that you're acting. You're emotionally... Your body takes uh, the chemical hits that it does when you really are in fight or flight. So uh, I was treated for exhaustion for about three weeks afterwards. Where was that filmed? Um, Northern California. Northern California, okay. In November and December. Uh, (laughs) Jeez. So now, um, one of the, this was probably, and I don't really even remember you in this show uh, because it was such a minor show to begin with, but it was a show that I used to like, which is. You know, usually a show I like doesn't last very long. But you you guest starred on the San Pedro Beach Bums. Do you remember that show? Oh, my God. (laughs) Of my entire resume, you would pick that one out. (laughs) You're sick, dude. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I had a good time. Except I have a terrible memory about it. Yeah, I, you know, it was such a minor show. You know, I mean, I, you know, I could have said Starsky and Hutch. I mean, that was a huge hit, you know. But <laughs> Well, I mean, you know, and I've done in L.A. Law, and I've, oh, yeah. you know, I've done all the big stuff. So I know. you picked San Pedro Beach Month, but i got to <laughs> tell you, since you did, I will tell you my horror story. Okay. Which is, uh, I had this big, 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 long honker speech in it. Mm-hmm. And he wanted me to do it really fast, really fast, really fast. I mean, it was like a page, right? Yeah. And I would I would get right up to like three-fourths of the way through, and I'd go up because he wanted me to do it so fast. This happened over and over and over and over. <laughs> and, and I kept saying, can't we do a pickup? No, no, no. I wanted in one take and the whole thing. Well, that... That night I got a call that we weren't going to shoot the next day because my director had had a heart attack. <laughs> and I always felt always felt like it was because I couldn't get the lines out. <laughs> so I've got a bad, <laughs> bad memory of the San Pedro Beach Month. Yeah. Well, well see, D, that's the thing. I don't want to ask you questions of every, that you're going to get asked 50 million times. I'm going to ask you the question that you'll probably never get asked. <laughs> well, so far, you're 100% on, dude. <laughs> so, but getting into something that's a little a little more known, uh, the that, that vague film there, E.T., I think it was called. <laughs> yeah, that little film. That little uh-huh. film, yeah. Now, how was it working with Steven Spielberg? Well, obviously, Mr. Spielberg is an incredibly talented mm. guy, you know. And um, I loved working the way he worked, or he worked the way I work, um, because, uh, you know, he kept it really fresh in the moment. He'd just throw stuff out to us. He would tell the kids um, to do something and wouldn't tell me that he'd given them direction. You know, everything was in the moment, and that's where I worked my best in, not rehearsing 500,000 times. Really? You know, yeah. Yeah. so I really, yeah, I really loved 
doing it that way. Yeah, yeah. Was was that a fun film to work on overall? Working with the kids and everything. Well, if any film is fun to work on, I you know, guys, there it's a lot of hard work. Yeah, yeah. It's just a lot of hard work when you're doing it. Long hours, a lot of waiting around. There was a lot of waiting around on ET. Um, so. Did I love the people and the kids and all that? You bet. But um, I, I, I don't know. In, in a sick way, actors think that really hard work and hours is fun. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the fun comes, though, when it comes out and it's the biggest blockbuster of all time. That. Yeah. that now you're calling it fun, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, was that a plus? Being Has it always been a plus being on in E.T., in the movie E.T., or is, is there downsides to it, too? No, no, it definitely had its yin and yang. I mean, I played everything from hookers and call girls to astronauts before E.T., and then all of a sudden I was, you know, the quintessential mom, and everybody grew up on me, and let me tell you, I've played every single solitary kind of mom that's ever been written in this world now. <laughs> So, um, and uh, I, again, talk about this in Bright Light, and there's a lot of great movie stories and stuff in Bright Light, and I go into how, you know, a lot of these messages from my childhood about don't go too far, too fast, too quick, too big, Mm -hmm. Deanna Bowers in Kansas. And so when E.T. hit like that, and was such a major hit so early in my career, all those messages started uh, raising their ugly little heads again. And I, so I pulled my light way back mm-hmm. and um, kind of sabotaged myself and lost my career for a long time. Really? Yeah. And that's why I wrote the book, because I don't want you guys to do that. Right. <laughs> so, Whatever you're doing in your life, go be the biggest, most magnificent person like you can be. Yeah. So, so this book is not just a um, a, a memoir, but it is. But it's also a guide. Well, it's a it's a, a memoir. Guide. It's an autobiography, and it is absolutely um, a creation book. Mm-hmm. And a guide to how to create your life and why you're not. Yeah, and now people can. But or- it's it, you know I don't believe in lists. I don't believe in exercises. I don't. I don't think we create ourselves doing any of that. I really don't. Mm-hmm. I think those are little busy things that we've given ourselves to do, so that we don't really take the responsibility of making the energetic shift we have to make. Mm-hmm. Now, they it, can help you make that energetic shift, yeah. but a lot of people just do them because somebody told them to do them, and that's going to make their life better. And I'm saying, you you know, the creation stuff isn't about what you're going to get and the house and the car. The creation stuff is, are you going to create yourself as happy and loving and feeling like you're free in this lifetime? Yeah. And then the other stuff comes. D, in your total career, is there a favorite film that you oh, enjoy? Oh, Cujo. Cujo's my favorite. Cujo is your favorite. Okay. Oh, yeah. 
Now, you've worked with so many other people, uh, so many great actors, uh, uh, Michael J. Fox, and, and, you know, just, I mean, the list is just incredible. Is there anybody that you haven't worked with that you would like to work with? Oh, just lots. Yeah, lots and lots and lots. Yeah. Um, I would, I'd love to work with George Clooney. Mm-hmm. Um, you probably have a stand in line for that one, right? Because everybody wants to work with George Clooney. Yeah, but I don't want to work with him because he's hot. <laughs> right. I want to work with him because I think he's a good actor. Right, yeah. And, and, um, and because I really, um, I believe he stands for something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, uh, consciously. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just, I would have died to have worked with Catherine Hepburn. Hey, uh, some of the classics. Um, like who wouldn't, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, I would love to work with Meryl Streep. Um, mm-hmm. And I would love to be directed by Clint Eastwood. I got to tell you, one of the favorite people that I've uh, worked with recently is Rob Zombie. I think he's incredibly talented and genuine and authentic and one of the nicest people I've ever met. Really? Yeah? Yeah. yeah. I, mean, I always picture him as the, the scary guy. <laughs> yeah, well... That's his persona. Right, I know, I realize that, yeah. But, uh, yeah, yeah. And, of course, you worked in, in Halloween on that one with him, right? Yes. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. And, well, I know we're running out of time, but uh, I want to just finish up with uh, just a few more questions here. Uh, one thing, if people want to get your book, can they get it uh, at your website, or do they have to go to, they like, can, Amazon? They, or... Yep, they can go to imdwallace.com. They can go to barnesandnoble.com, amazon.com, or Barnes & Noble bookstores. A lot of the new age or alternative bookstores are carrying it. Everybody has the capability of ordering it, guys. Mm-hmm. So yeah. be powerful and tell them to, yeah. and, and what, they will. And what we will do is we will put a link on our website um, so people can just click right there and get right to your site. They don't have to. Uh, and just so that people know, it's it's i m i a m d e e wallace dot com. Right. Yes. W a l l a c e. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've been an actress for forty years, and they still want to spell it W a l l i s. Oh, really? No, it's H e e, guys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, I, I was just—I I thought maybe some people would think that the I M D Wallace was letter I M D. Yes. So I just wanted to make sure that they knew exactly. And like I say, we will put a link so people can get to it very easily. Awesome. Um, yeah, you can—you can instant message me, guys, but that's not my website. <laughs> yeah. And um, final two questions, taking us away from everything we've talked about. What's your favorite TV shows of all time? What do you enjoy watching? Oh, well, I love Two and a Half Men, mm-hmm. and I grew up on Lassie. Now, that kind of explains the dichotomy of D. Wallace right there. <laughs> yeah, now, now you, you, you're talking of the original Lassie? Yes. Yeah, and of course One of you... my favorite shows, yeah, the and original you, Lassie. And you played the, the mother in Lassie, right? In, in, I did. In the remake of it, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and what about... TV shows, which I mean, uh, films uh, rather. Uh, what's your favorite movies of all time? Not necessarily ones you were in. Um, Chariots of Fire. Ah, yeah. The Exorcist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Gone with the Wind. Yeah. Um, 
Oh, my gosh. Gregory Peck. And the lawyer. Uh, and the... Uh, um, well, I had it on the tip of my tongue. and I, uh... Oh, my God. I can't believe And it's a, it's a famous book. Yeah, mock, to Kill a Mockingbird. To Kill a Mockingbird. There you go. Yes, we had, we've had the, the actress who was the little girl in the uh, film as a guest on our show also. So uh, Wow. Yeah. Well, I'm in good company, aren't I, baby? Oh, yes. <laughs> so, well, Dee, I want to thank you so much for taking the time. This, this has been fascinating, and uh, I appreciate you doing this. And you see how perfectly the world works. We just arrived at the hotel. That's that's great. What timing, you got to love how it's laid out if you just give it over, right? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you so much. It's been a joy. Dee Wallace, what a wonderful lady. I want to thank her so much for taking the time to talk to us here at On Screen and Beyond, and hope you enjoyed that. And Dee, uh, you can go to her link. We're going to have it right on our homepage, so if you want to get to Dee's website, you can check that out. And, of course, just go to onscreenandbeyond.com. That's where it all is, and we've got our uh, lineup of what uh, the hit movies are. We've got the lineup of what our top five downloads are. We've got uh, connections to all 174 shows that we have had you can click on them just listen to all those stars we've talked with and uh, it's a lot of fun hope you enjoy it if you want to suggest somebody to be a guest on on screen and beyond you can send it to us at feedback at on screen com. we'll see what we can do about getting that person on we've lined up some more people like i said we were talking with uh don wells of gilligan's island and uh, we're just trying to make the connection of what day we can do it and everything. So uh, Don will uh, be a guest on On Screen to Be On, and uh, hopefully everything works out. And uh, we've got uh, episode 175 coming up next week. We've got a very special guest coming away, so I hope you're going to stick around for that one. And I uh, hope you have a good week. Until then, I hope you'll join us next week when we once again take you on screen and beyond. I'm your host, Brian Zemrak. Take care. Mm-hmm.